when I first started doing all this stuff, it was kind of a relief. I worked in the prison for 29 years and it was kind of a place to go out and accomplish something. You don't get much feeling of accomplishment at a prison. And uh, so you come out here and, you know, even if you scratched out a quarter mile of trail a day, you felt a feeling of accomplishment. Welcome to Trail Effect. I am your host, Josh Blum. Trail Effect is a show that dives into the stories behind trails, the communities that embrace trails, and the people who rely on trails as a way of life. The goal of this show is to turn the stories you will hear from our guests into useful knowledge that can be applied to your community while providing some entertaining and inspirational content. Guests on Trail Effect include trail builders, board members, community leaders, volunteers, and regular people who really enjoy trails. Danny Hill is our guest on episode 5. Danny is responsible for a lot of trail in Marquette County but don't blame him. Support for Trail Effect comes from Smith's Bike Shop in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Smith's is a full-service bike shop that is a retailer for Truck Bicycle Company and Salsa Cycles. Smith's also has a full line of components and accessories from Bontrager and other various companies. For more information about Smith's Bike Shop, go to www.smithsbikes.com. A special thanks goes out to Ben Wallenach of Mountain Bike Radio for supporting this podcast and to the people who have shared their time and knowledge. Without this, we would not have these stories to tell. This podcast is an Evolution Trail Services production. For more information about Evolution Trail Services, go to www.evotrails.com. Welcome back to Trail Effect. I am currently in Ishpeming, Michigan. That's a one, one place that people probably don't know how to spell very well, but we're up in, in the Marquette area in Ishpeming, and I have Danny Hill with me today. Hello, Danny. Hello. How's it going today? Going great. Wow. Awesome. Well, glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. This place is pretty good. We're, we're up here in uh, mid-September on what would have been the Margie Gessick weekend, but they had to uh, push the Margie Gessick to 2021 due to current things going on in the world, which is good because we're still up here able to ride and that's why we do this, right? That's why. This is a uh, you know, great time of the year up here. Colors are changing. Oh, yeah. What is your backstory? Where are you from? And, and how did you get into this crazy world of trails and mountain biking? Well, I was born and raised in this area and uh, never, never moved away. I've traveled around quite a bit, but um, as always, this has always been my hometown. I got into running uh, triathlons and uh, then mountain biking started coming around in the late 80s. And uh, we started building trails out of necessity. We didn't have trails to ride. We rode deer tracks and two tracks like everybody else in, in the initial stages. Cool. So when did Ramba, when did Ramba actually start? Was that around that same time or was that? We started Ramba in 87 or 88. I can't recall exactly, but it's been like 31, 32 years now that Ramba uh, came together formally. Um, initially we were kind of a loose knit group and now we've got a little more organized with a regular board of directors and everything like that. Everybody always said, you know, if you're going to ride Ramba, you got to go with a local or you'll get lost. And we're trying to get rid of that uh, moniker over us right now. Yeah. So for those listening, Ramba stands for Range Area Mountain Bike Association. That's correct. Yes. Correct. So that's in where we're in a, an area where there's a, a pretty abundant number of mines that have historically been here, which is what makes this whole trail system unique. So what, what drew you into volunteering and trail building? Just the, uh, the fact that you just wanted a place to ride? Yeah, that was the initial is um, 
you know, it was out of necessity. We'd work all week on a piece of trail and we started the Wednesday night ride, which is very popular in this area. We gain, get anywhere between 80 and 100 people on Wednesday nights. And uh, so we have a group for every ability from, you know, A riders down to C to Z riders. And so we started building the trails and we'd work all week and ride on Wednesday night and then work again. And now we've got over 70 miles of signed and marked trails here that are all hand built. Yeah. And all interconnected too, between here and Nagani. Yep. Here in Nagani. And now with the Iron Ore Heritage Trail, uh, you can make it all the way to Marquette now without having to go on the roads. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. So what kind of inspiration do you have for, for making your trails? Because the, the trails up here, for those that haven't been here before, they're, they're definitely what a lot of people would consider old school. Yes. And I don't know if you have anything machine built here. I'm assuming it's all hand built. We have one little piece that started machine built just to try out a machine. Yep. But our goal has always been all hand built trails. And, you know, we use all the bearing topography that we have here. And, you know, there's lots of rocks, lots of roots. Yeah. Old mine foundations from buildings from the early 1800s. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. So when you... When you go out and ride these trails, you literally ride through places that look almost looks like a ghost town. Yes. Because it there's foundations, there's there's stairs incorporated into your trails. Yes. You know, so how did how did that come about or how did you get access and and what is do you know a little bit of the history of why those are there? Did they ever actually have houses on top of those foundations or were the foundations just poured and left? No, there were it was a whole city in between Ishmaring and Nagani were pretty much one town. I oh, mean, wow. there was very little division between the two. But a lot of the mining around here was underground mining and they kept mining closer and closer and um, that became caving grounds. So they ended up having oh. to move the homes. Many of the homes in Nagani are not in their original foundations. They've been moved um, over the years. Oh, wow. And I don't know exactly how many mines, but I mean, there was probably between... 40 and 50 mines in just the Ishpeming Nagani area. Are we talking like uh, 1800s? 1800s. Uh, I think like 1860s to, well, currently we have two mines, the Empire Mine and the Tilden Mine still running here. Okay. Both open pit mines. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, a lot of it was underground and uh, minor open pit mines. A lot of our lakes and everything around here are old mine pits that have, you know, filled in with water. So how did you get access to build the trails into those unique places? Well, we uh, begged and pleaded with the city. Yeah. They're not really good. There's no utility, underground utilities or anything there. So it's not really economical to start building homes and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. for right now, they've given us pretty much access to, we have a lot of areas that are fenced off that are still considered uh, dangerous for underground mining. Yep. Any place outside of that, they've given us pretty much free reign to build our trails. So that makes it quite unique here. And then we have got some permission from the iron, the current iron mining company to use some of their property too as recreational trails. Awesome. That's really good to have that partnership. Pretty much, you, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier before we started. Have you had any challenges at all? Or has it been pretty, pretty well received from the local officials and whatnot? It's been quite well received. We've worked you know, pretty much hand in hand with the city. Um, we do get, you know, uh, we'll make a proposal. We want to put a trail in one location and we bring it in front of the city council and 
Uh, they've pretty much rubber stamped everything that we've did. We've, you know, tried to do, keep everything on the up and up, mm -hmm. do as little damage to the ecology as we can. Yep. Very little tree cutting. We've been really, really uh, fortunate to get all their permission. What do you, so when you take that to the city council, do you actually, do you just have it drawn on a, on like a top of map or something like hand drawn to kind of show the general vicinity of where you're planning on going? Yes. I usually, you know, walk it with a GPS okay. first and put it on a map. And uh, so they know exactly where it is. Yeah. It works really well for us that way. Um, then there's no, you know, come back and say that, you know, we didn't, you know, you put a trail where you said you weren't going to and, yeah. you know, so we're trying to keep everything on the up and up. That's awesome. So why do you think the trails have meant to this community over the years? You know, it's been 30 years of trails. You know, what have you seen over those 30 years when it comes to the community itself? And Well, I think, you know, the um, businesses here have really, you know, cherished, you know, our work as far as putting the trails in and getting people to come to here because, you know, Marquette gets a lot of publicity. It's a much bigger city. Ishpeming and Nagani are kind of on the outskirts. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we have breweries and restaurants and hotels and stuff like that. And I think the trails have really helped to, you know, fill these businesses yeah. and help the economy in this area. What is the rest of the economy look like in this area right now outside of, outside of, this would be tourism. I mean, are a lot of people still employed by mining companies or what do they, what do you normally see? Currently the mine is back to work. They were um, laid off earlier this year due to the COVID. Mm-hmm you know, other things going on in the economy. But as far as big business or anything like that, it's mostly, you know, restaurants, service type businesses here in Ishpeming and Nagani. So you guys really, you rely on, right, rely on that ecotourism. Exactly. Yep. So with that being said, you know, we, we're in, we're right on Lake Superior, a few miles in from Lake Superior. What, what is, you know, you guys kind of pioneered the whole snow biking thing. Yes. Talk about a little bit of that. You guys have various pieces of equipment, maybe let's, and let's get into the details of what has worked for you guys and maybe some of the pitfalls you've tried and maybe didn't work as well as you thought it would. Cause I think that's an, that's still an area that a lot of people are exploring and experimenting in. Yeah, we've had, you know, it's a lot of trial and error. Well, we've uh, built more pieces of equipment than I think anybody. Yeah. You know, fortunately we get a huge amount of snow here being right on the big uh, snowmaker here at Lake Superior. We get a lot of lake effect snow to deal with here. So we always have plenty of snow, but, you know, it's been tough coming up with the implements to, to groom the trails and make them rideable as, you know, as soon as possible after each storm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've tried the, the Rokons, we've tried the snow dogs, um, the track machines, and we still find that snowmobiles work the best up here. Yep. We've bought manufactured drags that they work okay, but we found that our homemade tires and uh, other contraptions have been, you know, the most uh, productive. Yeah. So I, I find it hard to believe there's many trails you can fit a snowmobile on <laughs> after doing things like the Margie Gesick. Well, if you've seen some of our snowmobiles, you know, there's a tight fit. They, uh, yeah. They, we uh, work at it, you know, the last couple of years, Mother Nature has not been on our side. She's knocked down a lot of trees, the wind storms, the ice mm -hmm. storms. Um, it's been a, a real battle. And, um, you know, fortunately, we have a really good 
core of volunteers here to help us open the trails back up after, you know, ice storms and stuff. How like many that. people do you think come out? As I know, I remember that the Polarilla got a lot of publicity two years ago for having a lot of knocked down trees. Yeah. I would say, you know, if I put out a call after a big storm, they were working on the trails to get them back open. I can get anywhere from 40 to 50, maybe 60 people on the trails to get them open back up. Wow. That's pretty awesome. It is. It is. And I think a lot of it is to do with our, our Wednesday night ride and our weekend rides that, you know, people want to get out on the trails and yeah. they see us out there every day, you know, grooming. And um, I feel fortunate to have this kind of volunteerism to help out when we do need it. Yeah. And, uh, it's been great. Yep. As we sit here right now, we're actually in the implement shed, I guess we can call it. Yes. Of, of the trailhead for um, the Ramba trail system. And I, there's a Polaris Indy in front of me and a Rokan. And you talked a little bit about the snow dog. Two Scandics. Yeah. So I want to dig, just because I do this up back home, I want to dig into the, the snow dog versus the Rokan and the snowmobile where you can fit it. Like we've had the best luck in our area with the snow dog. The snow dog we found here is we get too much snow. Unless we get a lot of snowshoe traffic, mm -hmm. um, we run into trouble. I know Marquette on their north trails, they don't get nearly the amount of snow for some reason. I don't know why it like is right 10 there. 10 miles from here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Closer to the lake. I think that's what it is, is, you know, it's just uh, where it is on the lake. We didn't have good luck with the snow dog. Okay. The Rokon is very similar. Yeah. Um, if we keep up with it every day, every day. Um, then we're doing pretty good, but you know, a big storm of 10, 12, 14 inches and we're back to snowshoeing it in. Yeah. And that's, and that's what we found with the snow dog too. It's like, you'd almost need to go out mid storm yep. and, and really, and how do you really do that effectively to get all on your whole system? And I think six inches or less is probably the sweet spot for the snow dog. Yes, I would, I would agree. Or what we found, which back in lacrosse where we were, where I use ours, uh, that's, really all we get for snows. We don't get many big snows. And if we do, it's, you know, we try to get out and, and we do a call to getting people out snowshoeing as well. Yep. Yeah. We have a big core group that snowshoe every Wednesday night. And oh, wow. uh, it's nice to get, you know, 15, 20 people yeah. packing the trail. And then we get out first thing Thursday morning and then smooth everything out and um, put out the nice corduroy. Yes, exactly. Make Makes it look, it look pretty. pretty anyway. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we're trying to expand. Um, the storm we had last year took down so many trees mm -hmm. that, you know, we, three years ago, I think we had 35 miles of trail and I'm hoping to get 25 miles this year. Okay. Of groomed snow, groomed, snow trail. Yes. Yeah. So you groom a third, approximately a third or so of what you actually overall have. Yes. Yeah. Which is quite frankly more than enough because you don't travel at the same speed in the winter that you would do in the summer. Exactly. Yep. And we do have a lot of you know, interconnecting um, snowshoe trails. Mm -hmm. So you can really vary your route as long as, you know, it, I guess if you're a local, you can find your way around pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you do any special marking? I, I noticed when you go to the South Trails, they have like snow bike route. We do, have, we do have the Hill Street SBT snow bike trail. Okay. And then we have the Ramba SBT, both on, one on the north side of business 28 and one on the south side of business 28. Awesome. So one of the other things that Danny is famous for 
is the course designer of a little event known as the Margie Gessick. And the Margie Gessick, I believe, has now happened five times. That's correct. It would have been number six this year. Let's dig back to, um, and I know this has been talked about in other podcasts, but let's dig back to the early days of you and, and Todd Paquette kind of brainchilding this whole Margie Gessick thing and, and how you, what, you, what went into your thoughts on laying the course out. Well, it began with the polar roll earlier that, summer, or that winter, and it was quite a huge success, the first polar roll. And uh, Todd and I were having coffee at Third Street Bagel in Marquette. And I uh, said, what are we going to do for the summer? And he said, can we come up with an event? And I said, well, I've got one in mind and uh, talked about it. And I said, I want to encompass all the trail systems in the Marquette County area, which would be the Harlow Lake area, the North Trails, the South Trails, and the Ramba Trails. And, you know, we talked it over and he said, do you think you can come up with a, a course? And I said, yeah, I'm certain I can. You've I've, probably done it. I've ridden a good portion of everything that's out there. You know, I know I could put it together. And, you know, so that's when it started. And then we got the whole ball rolling. The first year was maybe a little bit trial and error. And then everybody realized how tough it was. And I think that's when it really blew up was after the first year that, you know, people got to see all the different types of riding that we have here, the technical stuff at Harlow you know, the flowy mm -hmm. stuff at North Trails and South Trails, and then finish up with the technical rocky stuff we have here on the Rambo Trails. Yeah. Obviously, it's been hugely, hugely successful, unless, unless you've been living under a rock and haven't heard of it. Like last year for the event that was supposed to happen this year, it sold out in like four minutes or something Four minutes, like I think, yes. <laughs> Obviously, that's something you probably never thought would happen. What are your, you know, what are your thoughts on the popularity of that? It, it's crazy. When I brought it to our board that we we're planning on doing this race, you know, my board said, oh, you're not going to get 15 or 20 people to sign up for something like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it just, I don't know, it, the way it blew up while well, Todd is a master at marketing yeah, has did a great job of that. And then I think word of mouth, social media has really helped. And then the course itself is just so demanding. And yeah. you know, when you have people like Jeremiah Bishop and uh, Tinker Juarez, Tinker Juarez, you know, coming to this area and they, they speak, or they're speaking out about it, how good it was and how tough it was. Yeah. I think that's had a, a lot to do with the success of the race. Yeah. It, and it is an excellent race. It's a, it's a hard race. It's way harder than what anybody could imagine. Yes. Did you think it was going to be as hard as it actually ended up being or not? Uh, I, or is it, or is it less hard than you thought it would be? No, I, I thought it would be a I rode the course several times the first year. Um, just Several times. <laughs> well, just trying to line everything yeah. up, making everything work. And uh, the first year, you know, we were flying by the seat of our pants. You know, I was out there pretty much marking it by myself the first year because I couldn't tell anybody where it was going to go because a lot of people didn't, didn't really know where everything was. So mm -hmm. it's really, I knew it was going to be tough. I didn't think it was going to be quite as tough as it is. And then, you know, every year you got to add a little bit of this and that. You can't keep the same thing every year. Yeah. So I mean, one of the, uh, one of the other things that goes along with this race is you got to get tokens. Yes. Who puts the tokens out? Is it you or is it? I, I put the tokens out. I put up a majority of the signage and I, there's a lot of signage that goes out too. So anybody that 
I yeah, I think we can't had, underestimate how much signage has actually gone out. It's hundreds of uh, thousands, thousands, like five thousand signs oh, last wow. year between the wrong ways and the right ways and the blame Todds and blame Dannys and well, and two different directions. Yes, last year was exceptionally hard with the the out and back. Yep, and and so there's a handful of people I, had a, I actually had a good friend do the out and back last year, and he finished it and. As we as we do this interview right now, he's out doing uh, the Crusher 100 just because he felt like something to do today. So <laughs> and that's a fun course too. The Crusher 100, the 250, yeah. 50 is it's a hoop. Um, yeah. So so we're up here, you know, we're up here in the like the edge of the earth. Yes, right on the shores of Gitchigumi. Yeah, right on the shores of Gitchigumi. What um, as we wrap this thing up, you know. You, you were former president of Ramba. You've since retired. I guess, what do you, you know, what do you have to say about all the time you've, you've spent on that board and growing this awesome community? And, and I, as we look out here, you know, I'd, I'd not been to this trailhead before, but there's a pump track here. There's a skills course here. Yes. You know, and it's been, when I first started doing all this stuff, it was kind of a relief. I worked in the prison for 29 years and it was kind of a place to go out and accomplish something. You don't get much feeling of accomplishment at a prison. Can and, imagine uh, that. So you come out here and, you know, even if you scratched out a quarter mile of trail a day, you felt a feeling of accomplishment. And that's kind of what uh, kept me going on this. And then to see like the little kids and the families out on the trails makes yeah. it all worthwhile. And it's grown so much. Um, like I said before, it was always Rambo's moniker, you know, you had to ride with a local or you'd get lost. And now we have some pretty good signage up, lots of maps uh, online mm -hmm. with our rambotrails.com website. It's uh, really come a long ways. Uh, we have the pump track here and the skills track, some beginner trails. How long have those trails, those, uh, the pump track and stuff been here? So is that pretty new? Has it been The last two years now. Okay. My wife and I built the skills track, the wooden track. And then the pump track, uh, a number of volunteers and I uh, put in the pump track. What was your thoughts behind going to the wood stuff? It's, it's definitely unique. Yeah, it was just something I've always had in the back of my mind to do. Something mm -hmm. that when uh, you get to the parking or to the trailhead parking lot and your buddy's always late, yeah. uh, you got something to play around on. And so we got a, another little trail uh, right as you enter our trailhead there that Kind of got a couple teeter-totters and some skinnies and some bridges to ride. Just some stuff to play around in. Yeah. What do you, uh, do you, do you know of, you know, you, do you guys have any future goals or kind of a direction that you, I mean, I know you're, you're retired at this point, but is there a direction that you guys are trending? Well, we have a, the whole north side of Teal Lake, which stretches from Ishpeming to Nagani. There's a multitude of, I would be remiss, but I, I'm guessing three to 400 acres or more. Oh, wow. that uh, we have access to build on. And we're kind of looking at maybe putting in some machine built flow trails on that side. Okay. So that's our next goal, I think, is to move in that direction. Awesome. Is that it? Would that be accessible from this trailhead here? Or? Yes. Yes. Um, we do have uh, one very technical trail over at All Qual right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's lots of fun if you like the technical rocky, uh, death defying kind of stuff. It's Pretty cool. Is there, a, is there a favorite trail that you have that you've built over the years? Or I know it's tough. It's like saying, a, it's like kind of trying to name a favorite child, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, Sissy Pants is 
one of my favorites. And then the Luge Run, the flannel shirt. Yeah, that's the other thing about this place is the trail names. Yes, all of our trail names come from stuff we've found on the trail. Okay. Or like really? the Luge Run. Uh, that's where we have a Nauterbahn Luge track there. Okay. Flannel shirt. We found a flannel shirt on there. The Wolf Scat Trail. Well, we found Wolf Scat on there. Sissy the Pants. Are, Sissy Pants. Found some pants out there. <laughs> Sissy Pants is uh, our most technical trail by far. Okay. Yeah. There's not a lot of people that ride it. Uh, we have shirts that say I rode Sissy Pants. Yeah. But yeah, we have, oh, there's so many different trails. Cheese grater. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things I really like about this place. And, it, and it's not just here at, at Ramba. There's some pretty clever names at South Trails in that too. Oh, yes. You know, so I think this whole community has really embraced their creative naming. Yes. Um, yeah. The Marquette County, all the mountain bike trail system, you know, Harload and North Trails, South Trails. Yeah. Ramba Trails. You could spend, you know, easily a week here and not ride everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. We were riding this morning and I made the comment to a buddy of mine that I was riding with. I'm like, oh, they got a trail here called your mom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like, I don't think we could get away with that in the cross. <laughs> yeah. And your mom is pretty technical too in spots. Yeah. So, well, uh, do you have anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap this thing up? No, I just uh, appreciate you uh, coming here and checking out the Ramba system and giving yeah. us a chance to uh, promote it a little bit. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, for me personally, this gives this is a chance to actually get out and try to learn the trails. You know, we've been here for Margie and it's different when you're here for a race because you're following course markers. You don't really get to learn the trails. And right in that event, you're probably not thinking straight anyways, too, especially once you get here. Yep. Yeah. When, you know, you get to the Margie, you get to Nagani and you're never more than three miles from the finish, but you got 38 miles to ride. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, the you know. I made that comment to Todd last year. I said, the crusher is easy compared to the Margie. And I've not done the crusher, but I said, the crusher is easy compared to the Margie because you have no other option but to finish the crusher. And in the Margie, you can bail at any time. Yep. Yeah, the crusher, there's no place to quit to. Yeah. You so got- you either finish or I guess take up, start a new civilization or something. <laughs> but you know? uh, yeah. There is a, a lot of places to bail on the Margie, and I think that what does a lot of people in. Yeah, like the trail that takes you right past the finish line, 10 <laughs> miles before the finish. Exactly. I think it's around 10 miles. Is that about right? Um, 10, 12 miles? Yeah, probably 14 miles. 14 miles before. Yep. Yeah. So you look, you look to your right, and you see everybody partying, and you're just kind of- I'll be there in a minute. Or <laughs> Six a lot hours more later. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, thank you, Danny. This has been awesome it's to get to the Marquette and Ishpeming and Nagani communities here. And uh, stay tuned because we're going to have some more interviews coming up on this. And thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Links for the various topics discussed in the show can be found in the show notes. If you like what you've heard, please take the time to share these shows with others. Sharing these shows will help create awareness of both the guests who have taken the time to be on the show and the podcast series itself. This podcast has been made possible by Mountain Bike Radio, Smith's Bike Shop in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and is an Evolution Trail Services production. If you have ideas on future communities or people to feature on Trail Effect, please don't hesitate to reach out by emailing evolutiontrails at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>